Welcome to the Boulderfly Podcast, where we interview the people shaping the future in and from Boulder. We're here with Bob Yates, Mayor Pro Tem for the city of Boulder, uh, who of course has been watching the effects of COVID on the city and, and participating in, in this response uh, to a high degree. In last week, uh, the city furloughed 737 employees, 175 full-time staff. And I think that's the first time that I started really understanding the depth and breadth of of this, of the COVID. And we're not just gonna bounce back right away. So anyhow, Bob, um, what's your assessment of the impact? Sure. Thanks, Paul. <clears throat> First, let me maybe give a little background on, on why we um, we needed to do the furloughing that we the city did. Um, you know, the city is um, is like like any organization is dependent upon <clears throat> revenues in order to provide its its service. And in the case of city, the service obviously um, runs a gamut from police and fire to maintaining parks and rec centers to maintaining open space trails, um, providing support for small businesses and the arts. Um, we want water utilities, a whole, whole lot of yeah. services that are provided by the city. But, of course, those um, have to um, be funded um, from some source, and we call those sources taxes. And um, the city, for good or for bad, is highly dependent upon taxes that are somewhat variable and uh, fluid. Mm. Um, the, the, the city's largest single source of revenue uh, is sales tax. Mm-hmm. Um, and as you might imagine, sales taxes have uh, been devastated uh, over the past what few weeks. What percentage of the revenue is sales tax? If you um, if you excluded the city utility, city runs a water utility, but that that is really run as an enterprise, and so it's yep. it's it's a really a, a fee for service. So I'll take that out of the equation. And sales tax uh, accounts for more than half mm-hmm. of the city's non-utility budget. Mm-hmm. Um, other variable taxes, which are a little smaller, but obviously have been um, hurt pretty significantly. Include accommodations tax, which is the tax that the visitors pay when they um, when they uh, stay in hotels in Boulder, mm-hmm. and admissions tax, which is a tax that's embedded into every ticket you buy, whether it's for a concert or a movie, and and all those things have stopped. And so, um, the city's primary source of revenue has has really dried up. Yeah, we um, we had a, an estimate done by our uh, city finance staff uh, at the end of March. And this was very much a back of the envelope um, based upon very little data at that point in time. And at that time, they estimated that um, that these taxes, sales, accommodations, and emissions tax would drop to about 20 to 50 percent of normal during the months of uh, last half of March, um, April, and May. And then would rebound gradually as the year progressed up to maybe 90 percent of normal by the end of the year. That was their that was their late March estimate. And they uh, now have revised those estimates and believe that it will be significantly worse. It'll take take two to three years for our tax revenues to get back to where they had been prior to the COVID crisis. Yeah, those are the numbers them- that jumped out at me from your newsletter. That's where it's like, okay, um, is this significantly real? So go ahead. You were, you were saying you were kind of – Yeah, I'll just, put, I'll, just put some dollars, yeah. I'll just put some dollars on that. Again, this is the, the, the late March estimate of the city finance department was that the shortfall would be about $28 million, uh, which is about 10% of the, of the city's non-utility budget. Yeah. Um, they not, they, the city staff now believes that that what was then portrayed as a best case or worst case, excuse me, worst case situation is now going to be probably our best case situation. Yep. In other words, it'll probably be significantly yep. worse than that. 
Yeah, and the city staff will, will provide us with um, an updated forecast uh, at the end of April. April 28th, we'll have a special council meeting to discuss this. They're working with the lead school at the University of Colorado and mm-hmm. working with local businesses to try to get a better handle on how much this impact will be. Yeah. Um, and so so with, with, a, with a reduction in significant reduction in revenues, we obviously had to do something. Um, and like most organizations, 60 to 70 percent of our expenses are our headcount, our people's salaries and benefits. And yeah. so um, at, at some point in time, something had to go. And so we, we made the painful decision to furlough, um, not yet lay off, but furlough um, over 700 city employees, which to put that in perspective, that's three out of eight city employees. Three out of eight city employees yeah. have been furloughed until the end of June. Yeah. Um, that combined with a freeze on new hiring will save the city about $6 million. Mm-hmm. So only a fraction of that $28 million estimate, and again, $28 million is probably now too low. And so... While it's no, extraordinarily it painful for those it. folks that were furloughed, um, it, it it doesn't um, it doesn't close the gap by any means. Yeah, we did. I crunched some numbers. You can you can correct me if I'm off here, but with the, with the freeze and with the new furlough, um, we're down nearly a fifth of the full time stat headcount, um, or full time equivalent headcount <clears throat> with the city, and that's that's quite that's quite a. That's quite a reduction. So what what really jumped out at me in, in your newsletter, and, and I asked Patrick von Kaiserling um, last week, and he didn't pinpoint as much, but what, what are going to be the practical um, right now that you can see? Sure. The, um, the, um, there's always a bit of a lag between um, uh, economic activity and then the resulting sales tax. And so um, e- even if things start to get – Start to head back in the direction of normal in May and June, uh, which which may be a little early, but but um, even if even in that best case situation, um, the the ongoing or a knock on effect to city revenues will really be felt um, into July and August and September, and so I think mm-hmm. it will take quite a while for us to get back to normal city services. And I'll just mention some services that I, I think we already know yeah. are being impacted and will be impacted. Um, so, for example, our rec centers and libraries they're yeah. currently closed, of course, under the governor's stay at home order. Yeah. Um, but even if the governor lifts that um, sometime in May or June, I think just simply because we won't have the, um, the staffing um, or the, the, the budgeting, the financial uh, resources to uh, provide um, uh, programs uh, in our rec center libraries, I think you'll see reduced hours and reduced services. Mm-hmm. Um, we, a lot of our furloughed employees um, maintain our, our streets and our bike paths and our open space trails. And a lot of those folks won't be working and, and it'll be a while before we can get them back to work. So I think folks will notice, residents will notice um, deferred maintenance on some of those um, those uh, transportation mm. uh, modes. Um, I think you're going to notice a reduction in uh, the community support for culture and the arts. There's some nonprofit organizations that are out there raising money to try to backfill for, for some of that uh, uh, deficiency. Yeah. Um, we've already seen the cancellation of several downtown events like the Creek Festival. Um, the Boulder Boulder, of course, has been canceled. CU has canceled its concerts. And uh, you'll continue to see that on a rolling basis. I know downtown is looking out 45 days, and uh, anything that's 45 days out has been canceled. Uh, we're, we're now talking about ban the bricks, whether that can start in June or whether that's something that, that um, we'll have to start later in the summer or, or, or perhaps not at all. Um, you know, a lot of people are in the middle of remodeling projects in their homes, and there's uh, construction going on at various um, uh, housing and commercial uh, structures. Um, that's provided some challenges as far as permitting and inspections. We don't want our inspectors to get sick. And so we're doing some workarounds on that, which is slowing things down a bit. Um, 
you know, I would say that nearly every city service that's provided the community, with exception of public safety, that's the, the yeah. highest priority. And we're not going to cut public safety, uh, cops and firefighters yeah. in essential human services. But with exception of public safety, I think the community will notice um, either a deferral or a reduction or in some cases, an elimination of, of just about every service the city provides to the community. Is the key is the key numbers here like sales tax <laughs> that we're tracking? Is like okay, when that starts picking back up, um, that's when you know there, there'll be a lag back when when the city can respond and, and kind of re reintegrate some of those services. Is that is that the number we're watching? Yeah, it is. Um, it, it, sales tax is so key, and and you know, in in retrospect, we two things. One, we were over dependent. We are over dependent on sales tax. Mm. Um, this is actually a discussion that's been happening. Well, actually, it happened for for several years. And uh, a few months ago, uh, council uh, appointed a committee. I serve on it with some of my council colleagues to examine the city's reliance on sales tax and propose some rebalancing between sales tax and other more reliable sources like property tax. Uh-huh. Um, and, and so, I think you know what what was at one point in time a hypothetical exercise, which was, gosh. Um, what happens if sales tax go down? How are we going to handle things? Is no longer hypothetical. It's real. Yep. And uh, and so I think one of the results you'll see out of this is a rebalancing of the city's reliance on sales tax mm. and a shift um, to um, to more reliable or at least least sources that that are less likely to be dramatically impacted. Property taxes could certainly go down as well, but they're 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 less likely to have uh, you know an immediate effect because property taxes tend to be paid in advance and and and, and people save up for them and and so I don't think we're going to see mm. as dramatic a decrease in property tax and and that is pretty telling and um and so I think as we go forward and we exit this crisis, I think we will accelerate those discussions so about the balance between sales and property tax. So you, the city and like you all are working to, to to address some of the infrastructure issues that that may help prevent some of this emergency um, response in the future. If you know, if we hopefully we all won't face something like this, but it'll be less volatile if we have that a stability um, in place. There. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. Um, so, so one thing that we did get kind of right um, is uh, when 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 Jane Brodigan started as city manager a little over ten years ago, uh, the city's uh, reserves um, that is kind of our savings, our rainy day money, was at less than ten percent. And best practices for cities is at least fifteen percent. And so one of the initiatives that she started back a decade ago was to increase the city's reserves from what was then below ten percent, and her goal was to get it up to twenty percent. And every year we've increased that reserve by roughly one percent, mm. and so this 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 year we're at nineteen and a half percent, and so that's that's good, mm-hmm. and we can dip into that to some extent to soften the blow. We we don't want to take that to zero because of course, Mother Nature doesn't know that we're having a pandemic, and uh, we're we're still as, as susceptible to fire and flood as as we always have been, and so we we need to make sure that we maintain some of our reserve in case something bad happens on top of this, mm. but we can dip into our reserve to the extent of a few million dollars. If this if this pandemic had happened a decade ago, we would not have had that flexibility. Mm-hmm. So that's one thing that we got right, and I, I have to give the city manager a lot of credit mm-hmm. for her persistence in growing the, mm-hmm. uh, the reserve. Another thing that we, I think, did not get right is our, in addition to our, our over-reliance on sales taxes, our over-dedication of sales tax. And so, um, under Tabor, you know, any any tax increase um, or tax extension must be voted on by the people. And, and one of the devices that uh, elected officials use to to try to uh, under Tabor, yes. And one of the one of the devices elected officials use to to entice people to vote in favor of a particular tax is is a promise to dedicate it toward a particular purpose. So, for yeah. example, if 
uh, if, uh, if if city council proposes a open space tax um, and asks the taxpayers for an increase, yep. the taxpayers uh, receive a commitment from council and from the city staff that that money will be used it's for open space and open space time. only. Yeah, exactly. And, and we have we have dedicated taxes for, as a matter of fact, virtually all of open space is supported by dedicated tax. Yep. We also have dedicated taxes that fund a little bit of our transportation uh, department, a little bit of our library department, and then of course the, the other big fully dedicated taxes for the municipalization endeavor. The, the problem with those types of dedicated taxes, while they certainly give the voters comfort that the money will be used for a specific purpose, yeah. when you get into a crisis situation, it, it ties the hands of city staff and city so councils. The- I think we'll be discussing here over the next few weeks and, and maybe a couple months is, is whether um, council wants to place before the voters a ballot initiative mm-hmm asking the voters permission to undedicate so to speak, like you, some of these taxes your position is that you would that, that's how you would you would suggest or, or propose that 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 the city handle taxes well i i think just you know on the very high level philosophical yeah. basis i think that dedications are generally not a good idea yeah. um, we've actually have some some blue ribbon uh, committees that have sat um in, in advice council over the past oh, 10 or 15 years and they've always come back and said dedicated taxes are not a swell idea. They they certainly get ballot measures passed, but they do take away flexibility and nimbleness. And and so, but and we, unfortunately, we have failed to listen to those blue ribbon uh, commissions, and we've continued to put dedicated taxes on the ballot. And now here we are with our hands tied and inability. So we have we may have a situation where we have a really large reserve um, and unspent money in a particular area. And yet we're short to pay general what we refer to as general fund expenses, yep. things like uh, public safety, cops and, so and firefighters. Like and so it'd be you are you're talking to some some a smart response of like trying to fix some of the infrastructure here that 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 that, that will help in the future in, as the city may face emergencies. I want to just say the table where I didn't know this and maybe our listeners might not is the taxpayer, taxpayer bill of rights. Um, yes. It's, it's a state, state constitutional um, uh, provision that was uh, approved by the state voters in the 1990s. And we continue to be subject to that. So no tax increases can, uh, can occur without a vote of the people so, in a, on a November ballot. And, and it, to the extent that a tax increases dedicated to a specific purpose, um, it would t- require a vote of the people to um, to re- repurpose it or undedicate it. Yep, and um, so those are two infrastructure um, uh, things you're you, the the city is addressing. Is there anything more immediate that that you're that you are looking at to to respond? I know this is almost like a real time um, effort here. I think, I think big big picture, um, yes. you know, in addition to our immediate responses, I, I think this does. Um, beg a, a more holistic discussion about the role of government, the role inside of the government. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we, 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 we often hear from community members that they feel, uh, well, community members seem to have one of two opinions. Either government's not doing enough and yeah, they have things that they want the government <laughs> to do, or government's too big and doing too much. <laughs> yeah. um, and I, I think the people who feel that government is doing too much um, and should do less are going to get their wish in the short term because that's simply the necessity of the situation. Yeah. But I think but that does beg a larger philosophical question after the crisis passes is, is what services does the government provide? What's the appropriate role of government? What's the appropriate size of government? What's the appropriate role of our, the size of our, our, our tax yeah. base? And, and I think those are all good discussions to have. It's, it's a shame that it requires an emergency to generate those discussions, but they tend to be somewhat philosophical and abstract, and, um, and people often don't want to have them except when they, ha- they have yeah. to. Yep, exactly. Yes, they do. Um, as a takeaway, high level, um, how should residents be thinking about 
what should they be expecting? Cause I like the impact and like the duration, I mean, this is, it's, I think in your letters, like two to three years, that's like, we're going to feel this. Um, it's not a bounce back. It's not like a snowstorm. Like we're, it feels like we're, we're going to feel significant impacts from this for, for a while. We will. And, and I just want to assure folks that there are some things that will not change at all. Um, we're not, we're not destitute. We're not to zero. Um, we've, we're taking a substantial hit and, and we're going to be prioritizing. And so some things will continue unchanged, unabated. You know, our water utility will still operate. Toilets will still flush. Water will still come out of yeah. the tap. Um, our traffic lights will be maintained. They'll still yep. work. Um, yep. Our cops and our firefighters are still going to respond to 911 call. Yep. Things like that will not change. But almost everything else is, is subject to discussion. And, and what we will be doing is having a priority discussion. We'll, we'll say, all right, here's service X and here's service Y. We, uh, we, can, we can only do one of them. Which one shall we restore first and which one will we have to defer? And people are going to have different opinions about that. Some folks feel the libraries are very, very important. Some people feel parks are very yeah. important. Some people feel open space is very important. So uh, um, arts and, arts and culture. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, these are discussions we have every year when we, we talk about the budget. But, yeah. of course, they're not in dire circumstances. They're, they're more like, hey, we got a few hundred thousand dollars uh, left over. What should, we, what should we apply it to? This is the exact opposite situation. This is we're, we're tens of millions of dollars short. What can we afford so and what can we not afford? Uh, any final thoughts? The city is, is, is part of the community. The city does not stand apart from the community. The city is embedded in the community. And it's really times like this we realize how much we value the city and the services the city provides. And so like, we're all in this together, and this is an opportunity for folks to, to um, be patient but also to help out. Yep. Got it. Well, thank you for the time, Bob. Really appreciate it. And um, we'll, we'll keep tracking, and, and I know you all are working really hard and diligently. Thank you for um, – keeping keeping us updated and uh, yeah hopefully we'll talk to you soon and maybe a couple months and and hopefully things are <laughs> looking a little bit brighter i know right now there's a lot of uncertainty yeah well i i hope they're uh, i hope the brighter uh, uh when we next talk as well paul